You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day. Day at Whole Foods Market. Wake up in the morning feeling like Waterman is extremely well. She's very slippery. You don't own me. Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. <laughs> it is a Six Nations preview pod. Woohoo! Yeah, buddy. Finally yeah, there. Buddy. It is here. After a two-month delay, the Women's Six Nations is set to kick off. Obviously, loads of important stuff to chat about on the pod this week. But first and foremost, what do you have for tea tonight? Pork pie and salad. <laughs> pie and salad. And a bit of like cold meat. It was a bit of like a picnic dinner. It's nice actually. Jellied pork pie? Um, not really. I think they all have it, don't they? No, I don't think they do, because you can certainly buy a Melton Mowbray pork pie without the jelly in it. I would always well, go for a non-jellied. I don't think you get the choice, though, because the jelly keeps the meat moist, doesn't it? Don't like dry meat. <laughs> no, <but laughs> you definitely get non-jellied ones. Um, did you have Scotch eggs Tell as well? Tell you what. Oh, go on. No, but I do like a Scotch egg. Do you like cold or hot Scotch eggs? Hot Scotch eggs. I, you, you couldn't pay me to eat a cold Scotch egg. <laughs> Genuinely disgusting. I like a cold Scotch egg, but I've oh. got to like, I have what well, I, I either accept a dry mouthful and then, um, and then, and then I cane it with salad cream. Oh, but you need to um, That's that is fantastic. Um, I have to say, I've lost so, my train of thought. Well, um, talking of Scotch eggs, Scotch eggs always make me think of the godson William. Uh, those who listen to the pod regularly will know that he pulled my pants down quite literally last year that was a hard story <laughs> William once said that if we were talking about death row dinners I had to explain kind of explain to him what we were talking about and he said he would have scotch eggs as his starter which I always just think is the most six-year-old boy thing ever he's now eight years old and when in my car this morning he asked me why I had a picture of myself hanging from the mirror and I was like what he was like that why have you got a picture of yourself who drew it? It's not me. It's a Gemma Collins air freshener. <laughs> it's not funny. I feel like at the moment, all I say to people, people are like, oh, I like your hair long. And I'm like, oh, I really worry. I look like Gemma Collins. Like, William doesn't even know who that is. And yet he he couldn't have knifed me much worse. 
I'm so pleased like, you didn't tell me that. And he was now just like quizzing. Who, why have you got a picture of yourself? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, there on the mirror. And I looked at it and I was like, oh my gosh. And, it, and it's when she's shouting, I'm claustrophobic, Darren. It, that's the picture. It's a drawing of her shouting that in Celebrity Big Brother. And I just thought, this is the lowest single moment of my life. I don't know. The pull down your pants moment has got to be a, um, so, got to be a bit of a... a I think about that at least like once a week. <laughs> I shudder. That's really tickled me. Yeah. Anyway, um, how, like, how have you been since last week and becoming champion of um the match pint league well I mean champion for now my dear friend Nolly I think I've obviously earned my stripes in the legends league on match pint through the men's six nations but things have hopped up somewhat in the past few days oh sorry about that sorry about that we earlier on today, were delighted to be able to exclusively reveal on social media that the match pint, pint predictor game, has now come to the Women's Six Nations at long last from, from many, many conversations that Nolly and I have had with our dear friends, hashtag don't delete the peat at match pint and Dom and Ollie when he was still there. And we are so happy that a brand like Match Pint see the importance of being involved in the women's game and pushing it forward. And that these kind of things are in fact, the kind of things that are gonna push women's sport forward, having the recognition in a commercial sense that the men's do. So yeah, very excited. Are you excited? I'm very excited. And I actually got a little bit giddy. If you remember the very first phone call when we found out about it, um, and they were like, are you keen? And I, was like, I think I spoke about 53 words in a second um, to basically say yes. And I think what's been impressive for me about doing stuff with Matchpoint and we bang on about it and we've had a really good time and engage with lots of people and it's a super easy way to, to just have a bit of fun and it's not the like arduous task of doing fantasy leagues and stuff. Um, but actually, you know, as much as we work with them, they approached us to ask for some support. And I think... That's something that I always bang on about is that, you know, there's some really great stuff happening at the moment and brands are looking to move the dial. They do want to action stuff, but they also need to get the right people in the room to help them and guide them and, and make some decisions to make sure that, you know, if they've got a huge amount of experience in the men's game, then fantastic. But that doesn't always cross over into the women's. And I think what's been really cool with these guys and what we're doing is actually um they've kind of held their hands up and say we're passionate about this but give us a hand and I just think that that's like credit to them um and yeah I think Pete's already sent out an email on the back of um the men's championship and inviting people onto the women's so any listeners make sure you get stuck in because the best bit about it and I hadn't even thought about this but with the women's I'm pretty sure that there's prizes with all of the leagues and you can join as many leagues as you want yeah that's what I so love I think I get confused you... about this because I know that I've had conversations previously where people have said oh thing is I'm on the flats and shanks league and I'm like yeah but you can be on ours too so you could you could literally hustle the league the more leagues <laughs> you're on the more prizes you're going to win the tryhards league has um, I think we've got 20 sets of Women's Six Nations tickets to give away over the course of the next four weeks. I could be wrong, but I think it's five pairs per week. So that's the top five in each round. 
Um, but like we said, you can join as many leagues as you want. You automatically get put into the league of the nation that you select. Um, I don't know what happens if you're a neutral. I don't know if there's a neutrals league, <laughs> the Swiss of the six nations, perhaps. Um, but you can join our league. I've already given a shout out on Twitter to our darling friends at Bristol Uni Women's Rugby Club. Uh, we went down there was it last year or the year before now. 15 years ago, mate, I don't know. <laughs> so 200 years ago, um, we did a training <laughs> session with them and they got, I want them to get a league together. And perhaps this is something, you know, um, I don't, I know that we, we get a lot of messages every week about me coming down and giving a training session to the girls. Uh, <laughs> but Nolly, I don't know if, if you were interested, um, maybe whichever of the university teams builds the biggest league we will do something special for them we will either do a little webinar with are you girls. pimping me out mate are you, are yeah, you like yeah I I that live on the pod as opposed to before the pod so that you i'd could... love to we had such a good laugh back down in bristol um the girls are brilliant got we got some good stash from them the hat the hat lives on all the time yeah i do love the color um and it makes us look bright because it's university of bristol um <laughs> Uh, so yeah I'm more than happy to do that and um, shall we move on because actually this is a Six Nations preview pod and we've not even st started speaking about the games yet have we got loads to talk well, about well last thing I'm going to say on Match Pint if you haven't already downloaded the app download it scroll to the Women's Six Nations Pint Predictor join up join leagues it's the try hards is the pin for our league you can join as many leagues as you want if you have previously been on the try hards league on the pint predictor i do believe that you need to sign up again so go back into the app and just join our league again for the women's six nations pint predictor as we always say this is a really easy way to remember what games are each weekend which neatly brings us on to probably starting off this six nations preview pod and just having a quick explainer of how the championship is going to work this year. It's a condensed format, similar to last year's Men's Autumn Nations Cup, and it culminates in a Super Saturday Finals Day. Woo! Woo! Yeah. So there are three weeks of pool stage matches, and then the final week is Super Saturday, where the team who are in first place in the two pools play each other, the team that are in second place play each other, and the team that are in third place play each other. So it's a super condensed four-week tournament running through April, and I am buzzing for some hard surfaces, fast tracks, spring, bloody rugger. What makes me laugh, though, is that there's been loads of stuff put out about the weather in um england <laughs> over this week and it was like 20 odd degrees today it's supposed to be 20 odd degrees tomorrow and then zero on the weekend yeah. <laughs> and it was like no other weather like you no, nothing else describes england more than that weather report <laughs> i also think it's hilarious that everyone including myself is like bigging up oh you know a later tournament. I remember I had a, a phone call with Snowy when it was delayed and they said it was going to be April time. And she was like, you know, I, I relish the thought of playing in warmer weather. My birthday's the middle of April. It has snowed on my birthday so many times. So Thanks for a reminder. Thanks for dropping it in before the, the month. Um, there you go, guys. There you go. Yeah, thank uh, you. Two weeks tomorrow. Two weeks tomorrow. So the first weekend of games some pretty tasty matchups I think it's good to yeah. see the big you know there'll be some the big guns out with England and France but I think 
watch a space with um, Scotland and Welsh. I think what's quite cool and actually why I am genuinely a little bit nervous about match point, there is far much more pressure on me to perform in this league than it is in the men's one. Um, and I also think, do you feel pressured from a Jeopardy perspective that we haven't seen any of these teams for a year? Well, that's what I was going to say. Like as much as, and I'm getting to the stage where there are now players coming through the system that I didn't play with or I didn't play against. And that's a strange feeling. Sorry, Gemma, I can't quite hear you. What Wi-Fi went. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've got that comeback now whenever I need it. It's in the back pocket. Um, Now, yeah, like it's, it's weird. I told you the story when we came down of playing for Wasps against Gloucester Hartbury. It was really cool. Got to run out at um, King's Zone and playing against a handful of the Hartbury players. So Bianca Blackburn, Kelly Smith scored past me, looked, made me look silly. Millie Wood, I think she scored past me as well. Um, obviously, I was just letting them so that it made them look good and feel good. And um, Tatiana Hurd. <laughs> ran it in. Um, it, was, like, it was awesome to... I actually used to get when I played against those girls that I coached it was in, it must have been interesting to see their mindset of playing against me because I used to love it because if they smashed me or whacked me or did something good I'd be really weirdly proud even if they were in the opposite opposition anyway um lost my train of thought oh that's right age after the game Bianca Blackburn who isn't renowned for being that quiet very loud hull accent said oh Molly you know, you could be one of the girls' mums. I was like, oh my God. And she's like, yeah, she's 17 and you're 34. I was like, thanks, Bianca. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> See you never. See you um, never. That was when I knew I had to retire and I did at the end of that year. So, <laughs> Well, we will come on to players older than you who are still kicking on, but let's start with England-Scotland, which even though this is a condensed Six Nations tournament, it's quite nice that it mirrors the opening weekend of the men's Six Nations. Can it mirror the result that we saw all those weeks ago at Twickenham? Um, well, I think it's going to be, it, it, it's a massive ask. You know, the, girl, the England girls are in great nick. They, um, they've been playing regularly. They're one of the few nations that have been playing. All of them have been playing regularly because it's the Prem 15s. Um, we'll talk about the involvement from the other nations, but that's going to stand up in good stead. They've had 9 million camps and been in, in with each other. Um, I think the girls were hoping when the Six Nations got cancelled that they would, or postponed, that they would then have some time off from England. Yeah. No, no, back in, smash each other. Cool, cheers. Um, but... I think they're in a good place and but you know it's been really cool to see some of the girls coming back from injury in particular um and also some of the girls stay from the sevens even though GB has started um, yeah so well actually I wanted to ask you so Katie Daly McLean obviously announced her retirement which will Mr Middleton be breathing a sigh of relief at the postponement of the World Cup that he has now got that much longer to work out who his 10 is going to be and do you think that Meg Jones could go off to an Olympics and come back and be his 10? I know that you are her biggest fan, maybe bar her dad. <laughs> and her granddad. Um, I, you know, if I was him, I would be. And not because the girls aren't talented coming through, but they just haven't had enough minutes in that shirt, in an England shirt, and also just in a club shirt. You know, they've come back, they've done a fantastic job, you know, 
with Helena Rowlands. Um, she took the reins in the autumn um, alongside Katie. And um, yeah, Meg has got some really good minutes in, a, in about and is performing unbelievably well for club now, but it's taken this time. I think Zoe Harrison, it's good to see her step up and watch the Quins, um, the Saris Quins game at the weekend and her and Ellie Green went head to head, two very similar tens and actually distributing, putting players into space. They're not as confrontational as the other two um, with their running game, but I'm intrigued and they've kind of hinted towards it in a few different bits that I've read and seen of the combinations, because I think for me, my preference at the moment with players, and there are obviously some people injured and bits and pieces, but I would go uh, Helena Ronan at 10 and Meg Jones at 12. Wow. I think that that's a really exciting combination. It's pretty fiery. You're going, mm -hmm. you're going to go all ball there, but I, that to me would be, a superb combination that doesn't mean that the others can't play well and they're good but that that would be my preference but I think what I'm hoping which they haven't done in the past is it's a really difficult one because you don't want to change make loads of changes each of the rounds there's only three games but I'm hoping that a combination of the girls get some good minutes under their belt as I say Zoe played well at the weekend she deserves you know she's been playing at 10 and 12 primarily 12 next to Katie so is that a shift? Um, I don't know if I've answered your question, but yeah, I think I like it's it. who are I your think other, it's brilliant. Who are your other ones to watch within that squad? Um, I think in the backs, Abby Dow has been absolutely flying for wasps. Um, not that I'd tell her to her face, or so I hope she doesn't listen <laughs> to this pod, but um, now nah, she's been brilliant. Um, combining really well with Ellie Kill Dunn, which is a really lovely, it, it, it makes such a difference when you've got that combination and it made a big difference for me when I was alongside Abby in her first season. So to see them playing well and Ellie back from injury, which is great. Um, you've also got Langi Tuima. Um, I just, <laughs> Langi is just the most chilled, lovely, like classic Fijian in all of her <laughs> outlook and everything she does. Does a like outdoor, the, out the back door pass for a two on one when she just needs to draw and pass, but doesn't care. She just does it anyway, all the skills kicked an absolute screamer of a goal against Wasps and won, won her, her team, the, team the game. But um, she's had a long layoff from injury. So I'm interested to see whether they pull her in at 12 or 13 with Skaz there. I think sh they need to get Skaz out of the 13 shirt for a bit because if anything happens to her over the next year to 18 months, they have to know that someone is confident to, to step in. Um, forwards wise Zoe Allcroft I just think she is magnificent she is world class as a young player back from injury carving up the club at Gloucester Hartbury Alex Matthews just I've never seen her play this well some of the some of the highlights reels for, from Worcester is just, she just ends people she is just an absolute blonde warrior Xena princess um <laughs> And then a little shout out um, to Mordner, who's someone that came through the Wasp Centre of Excellence. I'm going to claim her success, Zoe's success, Alex's success, Meg's success. <laughs> claim them all because they all get. You know, let, let, let's let you do that and just cover all bases <laughs> over the course of the tournament. <laughs> but Mordner has been called in. I don't know whether she's one of the development group or whether she will get a shot. She's been performing well. She plays across every single position in the front row. 
I, and just plays with a massive smile on her face. She loves rugby just as much as you do. So to mm-hmm. see her in a proper senior white shirt will be pretty special. Well, let's park England there. We will talk about them, obviously, far more next week. Um, they face Scotland on Saturday in Doncaster. I know that you've uh, been chatting to one of the Scotland girls this week and getting a bit of background on the team. So from your opinions and what you've seen there, who are your ones to watch within that squad? One of them is um, Brian Easton, the coach. He's, uh, he basically came in broke history got a draw with France um one game absolutely flying so um <laughs> I'd give up at that point I'd be like <laughs> Easton out mic drop yeah the b-dog is out okay. um, <laughs> no, I think I, I'm genuinely intrigued I think there's been some really cool stuff uh, spoken about him so I'm interested to see um how he has moved the team forward um I think for me you know the heartbeat of their team is their captain, Rachel Malcolm. Um, she is uh, just relentless in her work rate. And she epitomises what it means to wear that shirt and lead from the front. And I think she'll be a massive influence in the game. I think, unfortunately, someone that she's always played really well with um, and they've massively complemented each other in that kind of back row spot is Jay Conkle. Um, Jade earlier this year, actually before the announcement of the postponement of the World Cup, which was a a, a, like a mad decision, um, but fair play to her to leave and to go into the fire service. So um, she's now not available, um, and alongside Sarah Bonner as well, who um, I work with at Hartbury as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She's wonderful athlete, massive. She Sarah has a massive impact in set piece jade around the park so they will be big loss and it'll be interesting to see what girls step into that because i know that that it it, it doesn't take the pressure off rachel but actually it complements how she wants to play as well so i think that that's an interesting one and and in particular in the backs um love watching chloe rolly play she's magnificent a footwork um yeah, I think we would have get we we definitely given each other a run for money for number of players beaten in our careers. <laughs> um, I think, she, and she, well, she's definitely way faster than me. So I think I. <laughs> well, now she is. Now she is. Yeah, she'd she'd finish off the tries that I'd try and set up for the for the wingers. But um, yeah, the the other person I think is is Helen Nelson for me. That the as you called it, the clutch kick in the autumn. Clutch kick, for, Finelli. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. She's vice captain. I know Rachel thinks a lot of her. And also what's interesting is how she's playing at Loughborough um, inside a a player like Skaz and outside a player like um, Helena and being around those types of people. But I think I can imagine how she is just grown with with confidence. Um, For me, I don't know where she'll play they tend to like her playing at 10 she's got a magnificent running game and I don't think you see it when you put when they put a 10 on her back I like her in the 13 channel but I don't think they've got another playmaker to to make that um make their mark there I think one thing that's interesting about their campaign if you look at it is that they have got England in week one which will be a really tough game but it's probably quite a good yardstick to see where you are if you go into that with low expectation and then in week two they is it week two 
no, week three. No, week three. They, week three, sorry. I'm trying to get my head around this, even though we've tried to explain it. In week three, they welcome Italy to um, Scotland and Scotland, Italy will be later in the year as a World Cup qualifier. So there's a bit of added spice, as they say on TikTok, to that one, because it will be an important game to see where both teams are ahead of facing off for one of those World Cup spots. And, you know, it's going to be interesting because you've also got the likes of uh, Lisa Thompson um, and, like as I mentioned, Chloe and Helen, Rona Lloyd, um, have all been part of the, the seven setup, yeah. and it's good to see them back involved with 15s but that later game later in the season is that going to clash with a bit more GB yeah. stuff where if they are looking like they're going to be selected there was an announcement on a video recently that I saw Charlie Hayes said that the girls will know in June who their shortened who the shortened squad is and so if it's not played before that or it's getting close to that and they're saying, I've got to get everything. I'm so close to selection yeah. for the Olympics, whether they would then become available. And, and I think the challenge with Scotland is they, I was so impressed, like so impressed with how they played against France. They, they deserved that draw. Um, and the amount of pressure they put on the defensive effort was just magnificent. Some of the finishes that, that the finish they did was just superb. So I think the only challenge they've got is the depth of players. And I think that that's probably their, will be their, their weakness potentially. But at the same time, if they've got all their front runners, I think it's going to be a good, good test match against England. Um, I'm disappointed you called it the draw because, you know, I like to refer to it as the Scotland winning draw. Um, <laughs> it's a victory morally for me that day for the Scots. Um, it brings us on nicely to their opponents that day. France, who will welcome Wales in week one. I don't want to call like France the dark horses of this tournament, but at the same time, I feel like we've got no idea what's really been going on. We know that France have focused a lot of energy onto the sevens programme, but we're not hearing huge amounts from the league there. We know that they've tried to keep that going through COVID times. Are France an unexpected entity this time around? Do we, do we not know what they're going to bring? Do we not know who they're going to bring to some extent? Are we going to see a changed squad? Um, yeah, so in the autumn, so they, they did pick some younger players and they did mix it up and, and they used it as an opportunity to blood some new, new talent against England in those two test matches. Um, they will be absolutely gunning for, for a win in this tournament because... They lost really heavily to, to England last Six Nations. They lost heavily in the autumn um, at home. And then they came to Twickenham. They nearly turned England over. They were the, And then the last play of the game, 81 minutes on the clock, and Emily Scarrett kicks a goal um, and breaks their hearts. So I, I have no doubt, and I follow a few of them. I, um, uh, Lena Corson, the big tall second row but plays in sevens fantastic girl follow her on, on social media and a couple of others and and they're looking in good nick they're looking like they're training hard they're looking like they've, they've been uh, in camp a reasonable amount they don't put much out there it's an interesting tactic but I think that they'll be in brilliant shape now how that comes together it might be a big, big challenge for Wales um, because they'll absolutely steamroll them because at home they're all, you know, they're yeah. ready for ready for making a big difference. Or because it's now not the World Cup, they might just still be looking at, at combinations because 
it has potentially allowed a few of the girls the pressure to try and get that last spot for the Olympic Games in the Olympic repertoire. Is a, a trip to play France in France a different entity now that there aren't going to be fans there in the stadiums? Um, I think it's the same in all of it. You know, there's like lots of studies now around football, isn't there? And, and the amount of way wins in, foot, in the men's football. Um, and also we're seeing so many more way wins in men's premiership and Pro 14. And, and actually, yeah, I think it does, it does take away from it. But it also, the other part of the French is that it's about comfort. It's also about routine and they don't have to leave, you know, and as much as the crowd make a big difference, I don't know whether that's the only factor for them. I, I don't know. But actually in the women's game, interestingly, where you don't have big crowds and you wouldn't have the huge influence that you have like at the Principality or at Twickenham, um, they've always had big crowds. So yeah, it might make a big difference. Um, I, do I think it's going to affect how they perform on the weekend against Wales? No, I, I, I'm expecting a, a really, really, if the weather's right, fast-paced, hard-hitting, like all guns blazing match. Um, as I say, they've got a point to prove. They've been stung for the last year. Um, and on the back of winning and beating New Zealand in 2019 over in, um, in America um, and pushing England hard, they've then, they then lost the Six Nations, then lost the autumn. So I'm sure they've got a bit of a, a point. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, that brings us neatly on to Wales. Um, last week's podcast went out before the news broke that Rachel Taylor had left the setup. Now, I think we're all very shocked by the news and it was a kind of afterthought on a press release, which I think was one of the most shocking things. I wanted to come at this from the perspective that I had been into that camp in January and sat down with the three coaches, with Warren Abrams, with Rachel Taylor and with Sophie Spence and talked to them about their ambitions for this year, intention. And 
I think the thing with Tails' resignation for me is that I sat down with a woman who, realistically, if she'd wanted to, she could have commanded a, a job in that coaching setup the minute that she retired after the World Cup in 2017. If she'd wanted it then, she could have had it then. But she had the maturity, the intelligence to say, no, I'm going to go off. I'm going to learn elsewhere, earn my stripes elsewhere and come back and I will offer more to this setup in the long run. So to see her resignation, not eight, 10 weeks after hearing her say that is a real surprise. And, and it does make you wonder what has caused it and what is going on within that setup. I just think it's, it's ludicrous, mate. I, I can't see how that's a decision she's taken lightly. I know what it means for her to have played for a country, let alone go in and coaching and, and, and what she's put into coaching as a, as a career. Um, there is no one more qualified to have that position than her. There is no one, no man, no other woman, in my opinion. And it is a huge loss for the WRU. I just hope, and I put the tweet out there, I just hope they have done everything in their power to, to keep her. And, and Tails is quite, um, I mean, she, she wasn't a calm player. Like she smashed me many a time. <laughs> Luckily she's on my team when we played for Bristol, but um, she loved it. But she's a re she's pretty calm. She's pretty, you know, she, she thinks about things and, and, and yeah. you know, she's not one of those hot headed people. And, and that to me is what is probably the most concerning about all of this. This yeah. has got to have been something that has run quite deep and made the decision because I can't see how she's made that lightly. And the only thing you can think of is like, is she that unhappy or is she that frustrated or she doesn't feel supported or whatever it is and now sees that the the, the length of time to get to a world cup is just too much and she, yeah. she's not game um I don't know but it's a One real shame it's quite interesting was that none of the players came out and said anything and you've got players in that setup who played with her not just have been coached by her so there's certainly there is more to that story and I'm sure that we will find out in due course well, it was literally like the WRU, like shouted it as they were walking, or not even shouted it, muttered yeah. it when they walked out the door of a press. Like there literally wasn't even a tweet about it officially, was there? I don't even know. The BBC oh, no, reported it, it. Yeah, it um it was the it was the last line on a press release about the squad announcement. So it, it was a yeah, it was appalling. Um, and there's more bad news out of Wales as of today, and that again on the end of a press release um is that Kira Bevan is out of the the championship having sustained a leg injury in training which I know that she's she's just back from injury in the past few weeks but I still think that is a huge huge loss for Wales like you know I know that you've talked previously about how she's made Bristol tick and how you know at points she's been the form scrum half in the league She's then gone into GB7's camp and, and that was great. And now I just think this is such a shame, such a shame for Wales, but it's a massive shame for Kira, who is a genuinely lovely young woman and doesn't deserve this kind of run of luck with injuries that she seems to be having. Yeah, I think she, it was surgery on a hamstring. Um, and uh, yeah, it was cool to see her back playing back in a Bristol shirt. And, and I've been there and it's devastating. And you work so hard and she probably is, potentially fitter and quicker than she's ever been because of all the rehab she's put in um and yeah I just hope it's not if it's it's hard because you you don't know because of the length of this tournament how serious an injury is because it's only yeah. four weeks and actually you know a grade one 
plus two you know you're looking at four to six weeks anyway yeah. so that might be it might be reasonably minor but but enough to take her out of this four-week block um yeah it, it is big news especially for the added narrative of gb7s as well in that if you have got something like a hamstring tear in a, a six nations championship that now isn't the championship before world cup that i'm not saying it doesn't matter but it doesn't necessarily matter as much as it would have done if the world cup was at the end of this year if you've got something that puts you out for three-ish, four weeks, would you take that on the chin because she's in GB7's camp and she's going to want to put everything into that and getting to an Olympic Games? No, I don't think so. I think she would have been gunning for the Six Nations. As much as you've got a big thing on the horizon with the Olympics, the Six Nations is a big thing. Those girls haven't been in a 15 shirt for a long, long time. And it means a hell of a lot. And I don't think people really... I think a lot of people, I don't think, I'm not saying you do, but I think a lot of people underestimate that opportunity to run out and sing your anthem and represent your, your team in a, in a 15 shirt. And especially for us as female players, when we have done both codes. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you, you talk about Bristol and I said, you know, Kira has come back, but I've been really impressed with so many of the, the Welsh players in the, in the premiership. Um, and so I was really intrigued to see how they are getting on under Warren because actually loads of them are getting good quality, high intensity training, lots of um, lots of time on the field with good players around them. Um, so I was really hoping to see that we could see that transfer into their into their international shirt because I don't in the past there's been an excuse oh they don't get good enough club rugby because the regional stuff isn't good enough. That's no excuse because all of them have been released and they're all back into the prem, in Premier 15s. So it is a real shame. And, you know, I, I, again, one of the other, you know, another captain, just like Rachel Malcolm of Scotland, I'm really looking forward to watching Shuan Lillycrap. Um, again, leads in the front, tough as old boots type of player, loves it, um, puts in big shift, very... I, I mean, I haven't been captained by her, but she comes across as very kind of calm but authoritative um with some young players around there I, i'm excited to see her go and and i know that that moment of being in that welsh shirt again just i, I can't wait to watch the anthems because i know she's just going to absolutely belt it out hugely passionate passionate woman um i wondered how you had um when you'd looked at the squad and seen that you're one of your prem 15's favorites alex calendar isn't in the squad yet again I genuinely assumed she was in the squad. <laughs> Are you joking? No, she's not. She's not there. She's not available for selection. Or they, they. I think like... she has made herself unavailable for selection. That's mental. I mean, I don't. I mean, in all seriousness, I haven't seen um, any Worcester games recent. Like I've caught a little bit of some of them. Um. So I haven't seen her recently, but I don't compliment, you know, I'm pretty hard with my compliments. And if I say it, then I do really mean it. And, and actually I genuinely was blown away at how good she was at the start of the year. I, that's, that's mad. Um, that's a real shame actually, because she's quality and she's under the likes of Alex Matthews, who is flying at Worcester yeah. at the moment. Now she might've picked up an injury. We don't know. Maybe with, maybe we need to do a bit of homework on her. My, um, God, I'm a bit surprised actually because I think that's a real shame because I'd have loved to see her go 
go full gun um, against some of the, especially some of the French girls, because they're tough. Um, I just wanted to pick up, you mentioned the Bristol girls and there is a lot of Bristol interest in Wales and Welsh interest in Bristol. Um, Kaylee Powell for me is going to be one of the ones to watch in this tournament. She is lightning. She is very skillful and I really like her. I really like her. She's a player to get excited about and that's what you want. Ooh. So. Yeah. And I mean, with Jazzy, there's a, there's a, there's a pretty, jazzy I mean, there's some pace there, isn't there? There's some pace. Yeah, little Randall on the wing. Loves it, didn't she? Um, just, um, explain yeah. to just explain to the listeners why you call Jazz Joyce Randall. Just because I think she looks like Randall of Monsters, Inc. Like yeah. disappears, appears. She's got quite a long body, little legs, but they go very, very fast. Um, she's kind of like a lizard like him. So that's why. Great girl. And apparently has been doing some great stuff at GB camp. Yeah, there's a, there's a, I really want, I don't know whether they're going to do it, but you know, like old school primary school races, you rarely get to actually race next to each other in yeah. rugby because you do your fitness Rest. testing, but you go through the gates on your own. I would love to see some racing in that group I mean you've got some absolute gas you've got Jazz Deb Fleming Celia Kronza you've got like proper sprinters Rona Lloyd oh god yeah like, like unbelievable can you um when we're done here just text Charlie Hater and see if he can help us with that we'll come down what type of races did you do at primary school I was really obstacle, good at the absolute, um absolutely cool Queen of the obstacle, yeah. Um, I used to really like the obstacle when they'd have, you know, the three tennis balls, and it was almost like a mini bronco at the beginning of your obstacle. So you'd have an ice cream tub and then cones of tennis balls. You have to go get the first one. I the bet tub. you, I bet you love that as well. I can imagine your little yeah, hand you think grabbing all them. things in an obstacle case, obstacle case, obstacle race. I'm a natural at hula hooping, natural. Um, just looking at my two hula hoops there, skipping, natural, skipping um, races. Yeah, that, but. I mean, were you very good at the beam? Because you can't see. So I'm, I'm quite, I mean, did you wear glasses when you did those? I've those always races? Wore glasses. Did you, did you no, have to wear glasses for the obstacle course? No, I had like goggles that went around the back of my head. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't wear glasses all the time I when I was to... in school. I just wore them for reading. Criticize anyone with glasses. I'm not criticizing glasses. When I was, I'm criticizing when I was LJ. Before, the kids made fun of me for wearing glasses. My mum used to say to me, "Right, if they say if they call you four eyes, you just say to them, at least my eyes will get better. Your ugliness won't. My eyes have not got better. They've <laughs> got degeneratively worse. Like, where? Why did she? My mum has bad eyesight and wears glasses. At what point did she think my eyes were going to miraculously get better? And I just think." Okay. That, to like saying to Yian Rosser and Sam Lemke in primary school, <laughs> at least my eyes will get better. Your ugliness won't. And they've now got the last laugh because my eyes have not got better. Um, also, of them have got better since, when is, since when has your mum like gone all like, I don't know. Like, I, I can't think of the word without swearing. We don't swear on the podcast. Move on. <laughs> <Diplomatic>. <laughs> Uh, well, let's move on. In fact, uh, Ireland's probably a, a big one to move on to. Uh, there's a, a 50th coming up. That's not a 50th cap. It is, of course, Lindsay Pete's 50th birthday. Um, <laughs> oh, she's... don't be harsh. No, fair play. So, Lindsay's she's, what? She's 67. <laughs> 
we say this with love we say this with love because oh, fair play to like, her fair play to her like what's she doing does she know that she can, like she can retire if she wants to like she doesn't have to keep going till they put her out to pasture she could just say do you know what enough's enough guys I'm getting and on she plays in the front row like and she's getting and she's playing really really well like she scored she scored last year in the Six Nations became the oldest try scorer just loves it like absolutely <laughs> loves it she, I think she loves it more than Rocky Clark I genuinely do She'd have to. She'd have to to be there that long. Um, one thing I think we might have to implement on the pod over the course of this championship is I'm going to call it the Claire Claxon because I just know that Malloy is going to get so much airtime on the pod. She <laughs> has had one game back in a green shirt and got player of the match, obviously, because that is just the most Claire Malloy thing in the world. How important will she be for Ireland now that she's back? Yeah, for, for those that don't know, um, Malloy had a gap because she just went and then finished off some doctor training, as you do, as you um, do. in the middle of a pandemic. Cool. Um, like, unbelievable woman, bat rower, and just an absolute pest. When you look her on the field, she looks like the most tired, most bedraggled player ever. And you think, oh, I'll just, you know, I can run at her. Like, she's not going to do any damage. Absolutely not. She honestly, she'll look like a bag of crap, but will play like an absolute hero. She is a um, She's a genuine legend. Yeah, she'll be class. I think someone else that's playing at Wasps at the moment um, in that Irish squad is Kleena Maloney. She got player of the match against Loughborough Lightning last weekend or weekend before. And she was just, yeah, she... What's impressive with me about Kleena, she's always been a tough woman, you know, she yeah. just gets stuck in. Um, do you remember she she was playing my last ever game with England and she's like basically started a fight with Leanne Riley, our scrum half, and it was so oh. funny because yeah, I think Leanne got thrown like this was thrown the fur about. But um, yeah, she's playing really well. Um, I know that you're super excited to see lots of your sevens buddies back. Oh, but I'm buzzing. In particular, I'm buzzing. for me someone that I remember commentating over in I think it was Sydney and then again in Beeritz Beeritz I was going to say Belarus I don't think I, I don't think they have a series there um but oh, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> um but Eve Higgins um oh. one of the playmakers like her carry fend offload loves a dummy and go in sevens I, I can't wait to see how she gets on in the 15s game I I can imagine it will really suit her. Sevens yeah. gives her a bit more space. But the way that she attacks the line, her handling, she she seems to be one of those people that either is moving quicker than people anticipate yeah. or is stronger because, <clears throat> than they anticipate because she busts through collisions with really good defenders and you think they've got their covered and then all of a sudden she's out the other side and looking to she, move the ball. She's interesting to look at as well in that like she's got such like average framework and I don't mean that in like a negative way I mean like she's not like ripped or massive but she's just really solidly built like you see her plant herself and like she takes contact she she hits contact well she's and she's quick and I think something that I always find quite entertaining is that the Black Ferns girls the Black Ferns Sevens girls love Eve which I always think like that there is no greater mark of respect than like Portia and Ruby thinking that like you're decent yeah you're decent like we like you you're good like that is I mean that's class I of course am the most excited about the greatest name in world rugby 
Amy Lee Murphy Crow. She is playing 15. She is one of my absolute faves. She's the sweetest girl in the world, but she's electric fast. Like she's so, so quick, works hard. And yeah, I think, I do think for Ireland, the inclusion of the sevens girls could be hugely beneficial, helpful, and just give a bit of, reignite a bit of fun. Yeah, I think, I definitely think it will bring some flair and some playmaking. I think obviously we've got Sene um, in there in the mix. Again, tough, gets in the mix, but ha- ends up having to do too much. He works, has to work too hard to try and create stuff and actually ends up losing a lot of her own space because she's having to do other bits. So, yeah, I think it's going to be massive having them. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is who steps up for the kick and duties. Eve can kick. It's something that has they haven't found full form um since Nora Stapleton or Neve Briggs um and you know those two girls had massive boots and they made a big big difference to Ireland um there hasn't been that's somebody that stepped seven up thing comes into its own for them in that I know a lot of those sevens girls come from Gaelic football backgrounds yeah. so they come from a sport where you are it is kick pass and there's a lot of kicking. There's a lot of out of hand kicking. And I wonder if that could be really beneficial because just by, it seems the nature of the pathway into that Island seven setup, a lot of those girls have got Gaelic football backgrounds. Yeah. You know what? We're listing off all these players. I'm genuinely intrigued to see who they pick because they've also got Hannah Tyrrell who has retired from sevens. Brilliant player. Bevan Parsons, the 18 year old that like burst onto the scene last six nations and then stopped halfway through because she had to do her A-levels or Irish equivalent. Um, I, yeah, I think, I think you know what? Um, they've got Leah Lyons as well, who plays in the front row of the Quins. She's, I think she was out injured last Six Nations, so she's a massive one for the girls up front. I think they've got a really exciting team, and, I, and it makes it quite difficult to see, like, in week two, when they do get to come out onto the stage, how they go against the Welsh yeah. side that, you know, might be a bit badly bruised, bruised and, and battered from France or might be on a high because they've actually gone toe-to-toe with one of yeah. the top teams. So finally, Italy, um, it's a tough draw for them. Um, same as Ireland, they start in round two, so that's three back-to-back games. Um, a side where obviously they've not had a huge amount of rugby because of COVID, pandemic, and Italian players not being available to Premier 15s. But I know there are always girls within that squad that you're excited about seeing. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be brilliant to to see Judith Franco. Um, she hasn't been playing over here, so we we don't know what form she's on. But I follow her on social media, and she's got a hell of a set of quads, so she's obviously <laughs> training pretty hard. Um, I think their captain Manuela Furlan and um, fullback. When she's on form, she just glides around and is just brilliant. Um, yeah, and also Sarah Baratan, the scrum half. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, that's one thing I always just wish had managed to happen was getting her as the nine involved with um, with the Barbarians. That said, we had Georgie Gulliver and Sui, who were just both epic. But it's just one player. I think it would have been really cool to she would have been really cool to play alongside, especially because she speaks no English. So it would have been absolute carnage. Um, and I would have loved to see Anna Richards try and get her to try and speak to her. 
but you know we've talked about it before if I'm going to play a standoff in the testimonial match then maybe having someone who doesn't speak the same language as me inside me there at nine you know that could only benefit my game so let's not rule out being on the same field as her at this early juncture um I'll tell you one person that I've just realized I've just clicked Sophie Rolfrey she um young player she must be 19 now um I think she was a gymnast actually when you look at what she can't like her acrobatic skills came over and was at I think Woking College long story short she came and did um, a season at Wasps and she was brilliant like she was very green very needed to like learn the te like technical and tactical stuff but her running her stepping I was really impressed with her um and just looking at the list her name is in that squad so um they've got a couple of young girls who I would say what I've seen of Sophie um Sophia early in her like you know a year or two yeah. years ago I would say what I saw in her is matches what I've seen in the last couple of games I've seen them play. So, yeah, Sophia, I wish you all the best because um, hopefully that that would be epic to see her play. So a ball hasn't been kicked or passed in anger yet, but um, it on paper the Super Saturday decider in week four will be England France. Now something that I have been ruminating on and you know I've wanted to ask you about because I texted you earlier but did the hashtag save it for the pod. The Prem 15s girls have been playing 70 minute matches. If they mm -hmm. play France in the final week is that going to tell? Is that going to be make a difference or by that point will those two 80 minute games under their belts have conditioned them enough? I think it'll be a massive difference. I think it's 10 minutes is massive at the end of a match. Um, and you think when tries are scored, quite often that that five, 10 minutes before half time, five, 10 minutes at the end of the game, well, that's what you're adding, yeah. that fatigue element. I think the other thing to note is that the laws have meant that pretty much on anything, it's a tap rather than a scrum. So the, the, the front row are like, well, the front five, they're happy days. It's like, they're literally free, free for all. Um, and not having to do any of their scrummaging duties. So what that will take out of their legs, scrummaging, is going to be massive. Um, and then the other part is that you can only moor in the 22s. So a lot of the lineouts are off the top. So, you know, even just mauling and tech, like, and, it, and it'll be interesting with the decision-making because they've just got, I can imagine, it, you could see when the decision-making was happening, early doors, they were having to really think about like what's the laws what's what what we're doing it'll be really interesting in the heat of the battle where they're at and actually having sun to come back in where she hasn't been playing for five months she hasn't been ingrained in that you know that that will but then she is coaching she's a player coach at love for lightning actually that decision making around set piece if they make a mistake because they're just so conditioned with off the top ball or, what, or whether actually they they get they they fit back into it I don't know it's, it's going to be interesting and it is tough and and I don't think we can underestimate how tough that will be in particular for the for the front five girls um because as I say I think I scrummaged twice in my life and um mm. thought I was going to die so um <laughs> and one of those was in a bar in Hong Kong um <laughs> With you. <laughs> I, would, I would normally ask you for a prediction, but I'm delighted that those can stay on the Matchpoint app. So I guess the message to leave you with is to download the app. What's the league pin, Nolatron? 
try hard you can no join, gap no gap all one word you can join as many leagues as you want set up your own send us the deets of your leagues and we'll get involved we'll join up just um, drop in one thing i will say is that um i've been pretty busy um recently and I'm hoping that there's some bits and pieces with Guinness and a few other brands and stuff. Anyone that listens to the pod, and if, you, like, if you're seeing stuff going out with brands and they are doing stuff that you think, yeah, that's cool. Give them a little pat on the back, give them a shout out, share what you think about it, repost it, um, celebrate it. Because I think we shouldn't take lots of things for granted. And also I think we forget to say, fair play, that was good sometimes. Um, we've said it's a match point and not because you know we're getting paid five million to say it if three million was enough but um 3.5 we're getting this time mate 3.5 oh, yeah, sorry yeah, yeah um might be yeah, able to afford that, can i just can i just do a subject that we aren't actually getting paid 3.5 million but um yeah i think from that perspective all i'd say is just there's hopefully some really cool stuff happening so yeah get behind it get celebrating get on social media, talk about your favourite players, big them up, big up their stories, big up the games, technically, tactically, whatever it might be. But enjoy the Ruggers. Enjoy the Ruggers. We'll see you soon, friends. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.